You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 208, Into All the World, The Acts of the Apostles, Part 3. Uh, if you've been with us the last couple of episodes, you know that we've developed um, the book of Acts. We've talked about the book of Acts. It's the uh, really one of the most exciting books in the New Testament. It records the first 30 or 35 years of church history, showing how Christianity spread from Jerusalem all the way to Rome and really everywhere in between. Uh, a very exciting book, a very fast-paced book. We also talked about the fact that Luke... Uh, also wrote the Gospel of Luke. So we have uh, the Gospel of Luke, and then we have the Acts of the Apostles. And the first couple of themes that we talked about after looking at the background, we looked at the message of the book of Acts. We talked about that. We talked about the Holy Spirit and uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit is a central theme in both the Gospel of Luke, and then is, and then in the Acts of the Apostles as well, we see the Holy Spirit empowering His people to fulfill the mission that He's given to them, and that mission is so important. Uh, today, we're going to move into a couple of other themes and talk about those. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading Is Learning is brought to you by my book, uh, Peter and Paul in Acts. Really, this is one of those books that should be on every Christian's bookshelf if you're a student of the New Testament. Because Peter and Paul in Acts not only um, really delves into uh, the Acts of the Apostles, but it gives a really good introduction to both the Gospel of Luke and Acts itself. And so this is a, a fast-paced book. We, we really focus on the ministries of Peter and Paul because that's who Luke focuses on in Acts of the Apostles. Those are the two guys that he spends the most time talking about, so that's who we focus on as well. So Peter and Paul and Acts, there'll be a link in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. Well, the first theme that we're going to talk about today is that of prayer. Prayer is such an important component of Paul's theology. Uh, in the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus at prayer in, in that Gospel more than really all the others. He pulls aside to pray. It's there that the disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. But then as we move into Acts, we see so much prayer as well. And we see it on two levels. We see corporate prayer, but we also see individual prayer. We see corporate prayer in the first chapter where they come together after Jesus has ascended to heaven, before the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And they really don't know what to do. I mean, there's 120 Christians in, a, in, an, in an upper room, probably the same room they shared the, upper, the, the Last Supper in. And in this upper room, they come together and they pray. And they, they pray over several things. But one of the things they prayed for was 
uh, for guidance and direction as they picked the twelve apostle. Um, you know, we, we know that Judas Iscariot killed himself; he committed suicide, and so uh, a twelfth apostle was picked to fill his place. But that was only done after prayer. Um, we also see in Acts four them praying for um, after they had been arrested. Peter and John had been arrested after healing a lame man. And listen to what they ask for. You know, we would think that they might pray for protection or that God would keep them safe. But instead, they ask this. They say, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So we see them praying an unusual prayer, you know, where we might say, God, please keep us safe, because the the religious leaders have just threatened him. They said, if you keep preaching in this name, your punishment is going to be very severe. And instead of asking for protection, they ask for boldness. What a powerful example for us as well. We also see them praying corporately for Peter uh, after he's been arrested. We find out in Acts 12, uh, James the apostle, the brother of John, has been put to death by the sword. And now Peter's arrested. And it's just a matter of moments, is he going, or a matter of hours, is he going to be executed as well? And it says in chapter 12 of Acts that the church is praying for him. They were gathered together and were praying for him. And in response to their prayers, God sent an angel who set Peter free. So this is some, there's some examples of corporate prayer. But we also see individual prayer. After um, uh, Saul, who later later became the Apostle Paul, was converted. We see him praying in Acts chapter 9. I mean, he's just had an incredible conversion experience, and now he's praying for guidance and direction and asking God to show him what it means. In chapter 10, we see uh, the Apostle Peter praying, and uh, he's on a rooftop, and God gives him this incredible vision that leads to the sharing of the gospel with non-Jewish people. Uh, in chapter 22, we see uh, Paul praying again. And we see Paul really is a man of prayer. Over and over again, we see him praying in different situations. So prayer is something that really is carried throughout uh, the, the, the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And then the next theme that we'll touch on is that of community. You know, community plays such an important role in our lives. And as Christians, um, you know, really we, we have to be a part of a Christian community if we're going to survive in our faith. It always amazes me when I hear somebody say, well, yeah, I like Jesus, but, you know, I just don't do church. I don't even think that's possible because Jesus is so identified with his church. Remember in chapter 9 of Acts when uh, Saul of Tarsus, who later became the Apostle Paul, um, was was going to Damascus to arrest Christians, and, and and God appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him in a shining light, a bright light that blinded him. And he said, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" Well, Saul had never persecuted Jesus, but he sure persecuted his followers. 
And so it really tells you there that Jesus is so identified with his people. And this idea of community is very, very important. I mean, it starts really in uh, the very first chapter of Acts where we see the, the, the Christians come together, the followers of Jesus come together after he's ascended back to heaven. They come together, they pray, they, they realize that they're going to find their meaning and their purpose and their destiny with each other. And, you know, we might ask the question, what does Christian community look like? And I'm going to give you just a couple of examples that, that Luke records from the Scriptures. This is from um, chapter 2 of Acts in verse 42 and following. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And then just one more uh, short passage. It says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. This is from chapter 4. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So we see the Christian community coming together, sharing in fellowship, sharing meals together, sharing in prayer and scriptures, and also taking care of each other. This was a poor church, and uh, Christianity was originally, uh, in so many cases, um, it was the people, the poor of this earth, who who were drawn to faith in Jesus. And that's not to say that people of means couldn't find faith either because we see that happening. But it just seems in so many cases um, it was the poor and they took care of each other, making sure that there were no needy among them. In chapter 16, we see another great example of Christian community. We see Paul and his team uh, really plant a new church in the city of Philippi, the first church on the continent of, of Europe. And in this church, Luke gives us, we actually find out later that Luke became the pastor of this church in Philippi. And he gives us an example of three of the, the people who came to faith in the church in Philippi. Uh, one was a, a businesswoman named Lydia. Her and her household came to faith. The other was a slave girl who had been bound up by evil spirits who Paul um, cast out of her. And then, of course, the, the Roman jailer who uh, had taken Paul and Barnabas or Paul and Silas and thrown them into prison after they had been beaten and was guarding them. And he came to faith, he and his household. So Luke gives us a great example of what that early church looked like. Um, we see the church that Paul planted in Corinth. And we get some insight there in chapter 18. 
Um, We also find out about the Ephesian church in chapter 19 of Acts. So community plays a very, very important part. You don't see people doing Christianity by themselves. Well, I'm going to stop here because the next theme, the last theme for Acts of the Apostles is on leadership. We see some phenomenal leadership teaching in the Acts of the Apostles, but I think it'll be better if we develop that in next week's episode. So, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave your question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Let me know what you think. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue reading Acts.